corner from the right. The powerful header is in this time. Travis kept the cherries in the game for a matter of seconds before young Paul Van Heck headed home Blackburn second. And one of the informed teams of the championship could well be continuing their rise up the table here. It's Blackburn by two to nil. Hello, welcome to episode 142 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and this is the show which dissects the previous Cherries game and, by golly, will probably need to. After a resurgent Blackburn Rovers came to Dean Court full of confidence after their incredible run of games and they continued that form thanks to a goal either side of half-time. Indeed, it felt like a dispirited AFC Bournemouth, which failed to make inroads against a well-drilled and well-organised Tony Mowbray side. Were Blackburn good? Yes, they were. Were Bournemouth poor? Yep. Is there cause for concern? Possibly. But in this show, it's all about working out the hows, the whats and the whys. And as ever, I can't do it alone. So, let's bring in the team. Firstly, Mr. Tiggs. Hello, buddy. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. That performance on the weekend, if we carry on like that, promotion, snow chance. <laughs> we've started already. We've started. We've also got Jeff Hayward here as well. Jeff, you all right? All presents and correct. And also, I've got, I've got someone that I don't quite recognise, actually. Who could we have here? <laughs> Who is it's this? me, mate. It's me. Right. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> How are you? Um, yeah, Merry Blitmas, mate. Uh, simply having a wonderful <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> and also, we have got Neil Dawson here as well. Neil, how you doing? You'll log these jokes as ones to forget. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, it's all about the football balls today. And look, Tom, the league table isn't particularly pretty at the moment, is it? Look, we're still in second place. However... Look at those colour charts. L D D D L. Not what we wanted. We thought this was a match where we might be able to turn it around. We didn't, though. Yeah, no, really disappointing. Like you say, it's it's weird because we are second, but um, yeah, the gap between us and seventh feels like that was the gap between us and third not so long ago at all. And yeah, I think obviously we'll go into the game, and I think it was more worrying than was the performance. I think there were parts of the Fulham game that you could kind of, you know, a little few positives in there. I felt the way we grinded it out, but. Saturday was the poorest of the season for me, mate. Yeah, it was a poor performance, Jeff, wasn't it? We were we were all in the um, Alpine bar looking forward to a game. You had your uh, 3-0 prediction or it was a high-scoring prediction, but uh, didn't quite pan out like that. And the writing seemed to be on the wall fairly early doors in this game, I've got to say. It was. I think the writing was on the doors when we saw the team. Uh, no Phil Bill, no win um, and no performance, really. I don't think... We've got anyone who can step into the Phil Bill shoes, and that was a fundamental problem going forward. Um, plus, uh, who, who'd have thought we'd have been so reliant on a decent left back who could make overlapping runs? But when you haven't got that, you know, neutralizes us. 
So Tiggs, this is the, uh, we've seen one table, but this is another table that we need to be probably quite concerned about. And this, what is it, the form table? Oh yeah, look at that. I mean, that's, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah, not great. You can't, it's really difficult to kind of conceive how you can be second in the league and have that kind of, have that kind of run of form. Mm. You know, we can't, it feels, it does feel like we're kind of, we're building our season on our past successes rather than our future ones. Um, is it because we've got too many injuries or are the wheels coming off? I, I suppose maybe we might work that out tonight. A few people, Neil, have been comparing Tyndall and, and Parker on social media over the past sort of like 48 hours and saying, you know, we gave criticism to JT after a spell where we had a similar run of results last season. Uh, but, you know, can we criticise Scott at this point in time? You know, what are the differences? Um, I think the differences are that he uh, inherited, largely inherited a squad and then the players he could add to it, he added fairly late. Um, so it's a slightly unbalanced squad, I think, that works well when everyone's fit. But to go back to Jeff's point, I think the, the, the three that started in midfield on Saturday, I worked out, have scored one goal for us in 150 appearances for the club. So they're all, you know, decent players. Christie's never scored. Pearson's, you know, he, he's a good player. Pearson's a good player. Lewis Cook's a good player. But in terms of balance, then you think on the bench, you've got Gavin Kilkenny, who's never scored. And then you've got Jefferson Lerma, who I think scored six times in about 130 games. So we've managed to collect a midfield that are very, very good. Let's, you know, we like them all as individual players, but it's not a balanced midfielder because when you take Billing out of it, there's literally no one that's going to score, which means you're then, you know, you're relying on a couple of wide players. So I think to be fair to, uh, I mean, last year we had Solanke, we had, Stan, uh, uh, we had Danjuma, we had, Brooks, we had a lot of goal scoring players. Stanislas when he was when he was fit. So I think I think that's why I give Scott Parker a little bit of leeway. Um it'd be interesting to see who he brings in in January. Uh but you know, if the run carries on, he'll get the same criticism. What's what's quite scary, Tom, is that if we if we don't pick up a result against Middlesbrough, if we lose against Middlesbrough next Saturday, and to be fair, I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't necessarily bet against it. We would be halfway through the season. Uh, last season, after 23 games, we, we would have had one point fewer than what we'd have next week. I know this is all like, hypothetical. However, yeah. So, yeah, it's that's that, that's quite a concern f for me. But, I mean, what improvements have we seen this season so far, Tom? Let's be positive, because there have been improvements in some departments. Yeah, of course there has. I think um, you know, up until late, and like you say, it is a blip. I think we've been we've been more organised defensively. I think we've seen some of the youngsters come through and feel like new signings, haven't they? I mean, we're all saying about how much we're missing Jay Z at the moment, and Anthony and him had a really good partnership. And I think that's something a lot of us have said as we're you lose a few players and you realise the partnerships then break down. Um, Anthony doesn't look the same without without some more behind him. Uh, Kilkenny's obviously come in and been brilliant as well. So there's been some... Dom Slanky's looked great as well. There's been a lot of positives. But um, yeah, of late, very little. And I agree with Neil, the, the midfield was so unbalanced. And what surprised me was we went to Fulham and he surprisingly played Marcondes when we mm. had Billing. And then when we didn't have Billing, I thought, well, Marcondes has got to play then. And he didn't play. And it felt like, well, if anyone could do that role, it's probably more likely to be, be Marcondes. Yeah. So yeah, there the doesn't seem to be a balance in that midfield. And... I, I mean, I've said it before, but Lerma's a, a massive miss when he's not there. You you notice it so much. It's unbelievable. And as much as Steve Cook's been great, you know, Kelly and Kale have had a really good partnership. So um, since that's gone, that's caused us problems as well. But yeah, I mean, 
we're still we're still second, and like you say, even if we have one point less than last season, we were all right at this stage last season. Mm. It was a you know it was just what come after that. It's how we react now, and I'm. I do believe that the boys will react. I think we've seen enough. It's just been a real sticky period and we haven't been able to grind any out. And it's, yeah, it's a worrying one, worrying trend. But I think that first goal's key and we didn't get it on Saturday. A couple of things there. I'm sorry. I just yeah. one about the comparison with Tyndall's team. Mm. Tyndall's team played very much as individuals. And one of Parker's strengths has been he's got this team playing as a team. What happened on Saturday, we quickly dissolved into playing like individuals because none of the players worked in combination very well. Yeah. And the second thing I think is that um, for whatever reason, Tyndall got the players shooting from outside the box last season, in that first half of the season, True. certainly. And um, what is it, one goal we've scored from outside the box this season? I wouldn't even know which one that is. Which one is that? That was Phil Bill at Cardiff, I think. That was the only one. Yeah. And and you look at the amount of deep lying defenders that we're going to come up against, unless you're going to score, shoot even and score from outside the box, it's going to be really difficult to break those teams down that sit deep against us. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So Tiggs was this was the team then that we were greeted with and yeah, it, you know, it it did seem weird. And this kind of um, harks back to what Tom was just saying about Mark Ondes, who I, do, I didn't think had a bad game at Fulham. Um, you've got Ben Pearson here, who I just, in my mind, he's always a player that you put out for an away fixture, not necessarily at home when you need a bit of creativity. Um, this is where sort of Kilkenny, I think, might have been sort of better to be positioned. Because Lewis Cook, uh, you know, ideally would sit in that position, but we needed to fill those two, you know, sort of attacking spots. And Christie coming inside, he, he's all right there, but I'm t- I'll tell you what, he's much more effective out wide than he is in that uh, central position. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but. The- <laughs> There is an element of me when I looked at that lineup and the way that it's out. It's, it's just it just felt a little bit kind of like pull a name out of a hat and, and stick it down because I don't think anyone's playing in what I would consider the, the strongest position, bar bar Pearson in that midfield. Mm. Um, no, certainly in that three, and and even so, you're right. We're, we're playing at home. I would want someone a bit more progressive with maybe Pearson alongside, and that that was the weird thing about it um, for me. So, yeah, I mean, you had Anthony and it was nice to see Lowe get in a game because we, we wanted to see that. But the thing that we were talking about earlier, it's about the partnerships as well, isn't it? And it just feels like we keep changing up the partnerships. You know, we've changed. Look, we got Christy there and he was starting to combine well with Stacey and now we switched it again. And it's just so frustrating because that's where we were starting to get a little bit of, a little bit of luck, a little bit of something. And I will go on to it later, but then, you know, you can shuffle that pack a few different ways. And the ways that we shuffled it throughout the game, just none of them really, really did enough to kind of change the game, bar maybe the Marcondes sub. But, you know, why, why was that a sub and not from the start? Mm-hmm. I know you're nodding your head there, Neil. Yes. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> No, I thought you. I thought you were just. I thought you were just being observational. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, the, yeah, the bit bit I was not about it, and, and you know why Robbie Brady, Leith Davis came in, played one yeah. really good game at left back. Obviously, we got slight worries about him defensively, but we were playing at home, and um, you know just why you wouldn't have you know had him bombing outside Anthony, which Anthony clearly wants, and Robbie Brady played left back role very much like a midfielder. He cut in, he looked to create. But that's you know that's not what Jay Z does. You know that's what that's what we need going outside of Anthony because Anthony also cuts in and looks to create. So 
it just these are the slight worries that you've got is that you know we can all spot these things and you think that surely people that work with the players every day would would, would also be able to spot them but I was nodding my head at Marcondes who I thought mm. um you know is a player that can in his career can grab goals and unlock defenses and why you wouldn't put him in those midfield three I do not know and when he came on I mean he he made that brilliant run where he just kept going and going and then you know Lowe should have scored that he took a he took an extra mm. touch that he didn't need to take but yeah, so that's what I was nodding my head at. Marcondes had to really start. Mm. And Jamal Lowe out wide, Tom, I mean, it seems to be that his best games are when he comes on as sub. Yeah, he seems like that real impact impact player at the moment. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure where he most likes to play, to be honest, um, him personally. I, it'll be interesting to know. Um, we haven't seen him too much down the middle. But um, he's got an eye for goal, hasn't he? He's looked all right when he's come off the bench. But yeah, I've never been convinced when he started. And I think it's... It's that imbalance thing again. He's not going to do what Christie likes to do when he's out there, which then affects whoever the right back is. And then it affects the man who's inside of him. And then it affects Dom Solanke. And it just it just means there's a lot of square pegs and round holes. And um, yeah, and Christie's a player that's, that's good enough to play virtually anywhere on the pitch because he's just quality. But mm. I don't like him in that role. When, when you're frustrated, we'll probably go on to it. But in the game on Saturday, I felt like Dom was getting frustrated. So he was trying to come deep and get on the ball. And then Christie was getting frustrated. So he was going deep to get the ball. And you've got no one going in behind. Um, the thing Phil Billing does quite a lot. Sometimes we criticise him for it, but where he doesn't do as much going backwards, it means he gets closer to Dom. And I yeah. feel that I would have liked to have seen maybe Jaden or, or or low off wide areas try and get closer to Dom because I just felt there's one point about 82 minutes, and I thought Dom is on his own. It's, yeah, we've got less so than 10 minutes to go here. Um, very isolated, and then it's just a spiral effect, like I say. And yeah, for some reason, Lowe's never looked that comfortable when he started games, has he? No. We didn't play well, but I actually thought Tony Mowbray outwitted Scott yeah. Parker. He got he got the, the the Blackburn team was motivated. You could tell that from right from the right from the first whistle. They pressed us really well in midfield and defended very resolutely. They were super organised. We played into their hands because of the slowness that, that we played with, and everything was in front of them, which made it easy for them. But actually. What was worrying was that super Scotty Parker wasn't able to figure out a solution. Sort of you thought 10 minutes after halftime, we might be unlocking him a bit with Marcondes, but that soon fizzled out. And we didn't we didn't really have anything creatively in that midfield either. I wondered if Parker expected Blackburn to press us a bit earlier in, in terms of, you know, they didn't really press us until we got the ball into the midfield. I don't know if he was expecting a higher press because we were just passing along our back line quite a lot. Hmm. And then we'd get to the middle and they'd press us and then we'd pass the ball back again. We just couldn't really get the ball up much at all. Um, and the way that they broke on us every time, we were so flat-footed to kind of get a yeah. shape back, to get back into them. Hmm. Um, in some respects, we're quite lucky. I, I watched the highlights back and the amount of chances they had, certainly in that second half, were like more, a lot more than I remember, actually. Yeah. I feel the sort of midfield three uh, were almost pivotal in terms of you know, those were the players. I mean, had we had Phil Bill, he would have helped out Dom a bit more, Tom. Also, Jeff Lerma. I mean, you always say this, but you always sort of notice how much of a miss he is when he's not playing. Um, sometimes yeah. on the pitch, he doesn't do particularly much or doesn't seemingly do it, but things tick along quite nicely. But once again, he was missing. I mean, maybe you couldn't say that from the full performance. I don't know whether he would have been, um, whether that would have been any different with him on then. I don't quite know. But 
I felt as though he was a big miss in midfield as well as obviously um, having some creativity in there too with Phil Bill. Yeah, certainly. I think you always get players like that. I always remember the uh, promotion season. I always felt like Sermon didn't get enough credit. Um, mm. and, but you take him out, it's almost uh, the glue in a, in, a, in in some some aspects, I would say. But yeah, I always I remember speaking to you, Sam, and I always, always remember last season where we were doing all right with Woodgate and we had a Southampton in the Cup and Lerma was suspended and we just could not cope. And oh, he's, he's one of them players that you don't appreciate how good he is maybe until he's not there. But yeah, I just thought there was a hole in balance in that midfield, like we've we've all alluded to, really. I just I didn't really get it. Um, probably a game where I felt like it was best for Kilkenny. And he doesn't play. And then he seems to play when I feel like, oh, should he play in this one? You know, like I said, the three that played against Fulham, I'd have expected to have played on Saturday. And the three that played on Saturday, I maybe would have expected more at Fulham. Hmm. Um, and Pearson and things like that. But yeah, it, just, it was just a total imbalance all round. And I just, we're missing some key players. And I think we're, we're struggling with that more than we maybe anticipated. We thought we had a really good squad, which I still believe we do. But when a few of it happens, it just breaks up so many collections around the pitch. And yeah, and I, I agree with what Neil was saying earlier as well. I think we should have just played Leaf Davis. I think the last time he played left back was our last win at home. Hmm. He, he'd know that job a bit more. The way Brady, I, was, I don't criticise Brady too much, but it didn't suit me in front of him at all. And there was never going to be any combinations down there. And you could see that quite early. So yeah, number of things, but we definitely missed the players we were without. And hopefully they're starting to come back. Hmm. We're talking on the vlog about Jeff Lerber. Jeff, uh, an unfortunate miss, and we've we spoke about this already with regards to what he said or did to the referee to make him uh, you ban some more, and you know loads of people on Twitter have been sort of making jokes about it this weekend, including uh, Chris Temple. Stand by for another po uh, possible suspension for Jefferson Lerma shaping Christmas biscuit pastry in a manner contrary to Rule E nine of the Baking Act. And as you scroll down, there's a video of him and his daughter just in the kitchen having a lovely time. But, you you know, you do start to wonder whether there is a bit of a vendetta against this guy. But, yeah, not included, which was a shame. Phil Bill not included. And, yeah, you know what? Do we need that creative player playing in the Ben Pearson role? Because, Jeff, he's not that creative, is he, when you compare him to Lewis Cook in that role? or maybe No, I, think, I, I, I don't think Pearson and Cook certainly doesn't work. Um I think Lerma's miss was uh, late in the day as well. Parker only found out on the Thursday before the game. So imagine, right, they've been training five days expecting Lerma to be in that team. Suddenly on Thursday, they find out he isn't. So Parker's got to reorganise the team. The, all that training that they probably did on how to move the ball and break Blackburn down probably just needed changing. And, you know, I'm not... I'm, I don't know what went on, but it feels to me like it destabilised the thinking of the coach as much as anything. You could tell that from his after-match interview. You know, he was livid about that, and that's that's what he really wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, if you're going to play um, a midfield with some creativity, Christie is more creative when he's out on that flank than he is in the middle. Right. Lerma and Kilkenny is the most creative, stroke-destructive partnership I think we've got. Um, and then you've got Marcondes and Lowe as wild cards to come in off the bench. Other than that, if Phil Bill's not playing, it's it's a tough one to crack. Maybe we do need some signings in January. We do. Mm. Well, I would think we always go on about how good our midfielders are because they are very good as individuals. Yeah, um, but it's teams aren't teams aren't built like that, and we, we only need we only need one person out 
the other thing which I think is interesting is it depends where you want your playmaker to be. So uh, um, it, Scott Parker likes his playmaker to be just in front of the back four, which is why he yeah, likes that do. Kilkenny Cook role. Yeah. Personally, I'd rather have Lerma there, not necessarily playmaking, but just really covering and making sure nothing bad happens and then giving it to two playmakers further forward, like a, a Billing and a Marcondes. That, to me, is the home, the way you'd line up at home and then away from home, you'd maybe put Pearson with Lerma and just play one playmaker, Billing, in front of them. And that's the bit where I just think we don't, you know, he's been back on already Scott Parker saying we're not going to deviate from what we do, etc. which is standard, you know, Eddie Howe used to say it, standard management stuff. But I do think probably to really get the best out of this squad, we do need to deviate from what we do a bit. And that's effectively what we did get Swansea, wasn't it, uh, Tom? Because Jeff Lerma was basically playing, you know, do you remember that time in the second half? We were we were tuning up, we were, we were cruising, but... Whenever they had the ball, it almost looked like that we had five at the back with with Jeff Lerma just like sitting there. So maybe that's what uh, Neil was yeah. just saying. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought in that game, uh, that Swansea game, I thought it was very clever. The we started the game first ten minutes or so, we were really under it, under the cosh, and their their wing backs causing us problems. And I think he looked at it and went, "Let's push Stacey and uh, Leif Davis at the time up a bit further to go and collect with them because their wing backs were, were causing so many problems." And then you could just drop Lerma back deep. And Lerma gives you that, you know, you wouldn't be able to see one of the other midfielders really be able to do that. So that does give us a bit more flexibility. Um, but yeah, I think with the midfield three, I think what's difficult is you don't, I think from game to game, all of us would maybe pick a different three if they're all fit. It's, we haven't, like Neil said, we've got, they're all bloody good footballers, but I don't think we've quite found the right combinations yet. And maybe that is something that through the season, it will be on a game to game basis. But yeah, I would like to see, I mean, injuries don't help, but I'd like to see a three in there that you really think, you know, that's our three. But um, yeah, very difficult. And I think probably the man at the moment that we really struggle to actually replace like for like is Phil Billing, because I don't think we have anyone of his mould uh, at all, really. Um, so yeah, we, we struggled with that loss. And I think now it's been a few times Christie's done that role and I'll be surprised mm -hmm. if that happens too often. Um, I actually think it might be Junior Stanislas on Saturday. I, I feel like he's obviously coming back and... I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe feels in that role soon. A um, mm. few sub appearances and that as he's made under Parker, he seems to have played in that position. So that might be something yeah. we see, in my opinion. Got to get goals elsewhere on the pitch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you get the feeling, Tiggs, that when we go one nil down, it you know we we've probably lost the game. And that's maybe a bit extreme, but we're going to find it very very hard to get back into it. Well, I mean, there's one. There's one example to the contrary. So, you know, we haven't gone down 1-0 a lot. What I would say is that, you know, following on from what Neil was saying and Parker not wanting to deviate from the plan, I think that the, the plan for him is is a control of the football. It's, it's possession, isn't it? Um, and controlling the game. And you can't always take that route to, to score goals, uh, especially when you're up against such a, well-organized team like Blackburn and you know we can pass the ball around all we want but you know if we haven't got outlets that actually are making forward runs and like Tom said right at the beginning I mean you know Dom Solanke was so isolated there was nobody to to, to peel the ball off so yeah if you're not going to change it when you're 1-0 down then we're not going to get back into a game um, unless the 1-0 down is obviously against the runner play and we're doing well already but I am seeing a stubbornness but then I'm not 
it's not something we're not used to, is it? Because Eddie had a, had a stubborn streak in him as well. You know, if it's what they've been working on all week in training, then they're not likely to change it. On the other hand, you talk about that Jeff Lerma dropping back into a, making a five against Swansea. You see there a, a, a Scott Parker who is able to adapt. Yeah. But maybe his skill is adapting to hold on to a lead rather than adapting to, to get some more goals. Yeah. And Butler yeah. did take the lead. Uh, it was Burriton Diaz. Well, it was a, it was a, a cross that came in that was headed towards goal. I, I have no idea whether it was offside or not. A lot of people were saying it is Neil. I don't know whether you've seen or heard any comments with regards to whether it's on or off. I've not seen anything. I've got a, a mate who sits, who sat in line with it, whose judgment I trust, who said that they were clearly offside. Um, and but from my angle, I'd never would have been able to tell. I'm too, I was too far back um, from it. But uh, Scott Parker said they looked at it and there were two offside. Um, so it, it may well be there was a you know an air of uh, unfairness about it. Um, but you got you just got to react from that, haven't you? So you know we didn't lose that game by one late goal. We lot, you know, we went one nil down fairly early. That sort of, mm. if you off, offered it to a manager, they'd say that's about the time I'd like to go one nil down. Um, but we didn't really. It was how we reacted to it. But yeah, I think it potentially was offside. And it felt like we didn't really react to it. I mean, I know Lewis Cook had a had a shot before that that was kind of blocked off the line. But other than that, um, we Christy, we did Christie's miss. Uh, yeah, Chris, oh, was that a one nil down? Or yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, and I remember he sort of you know pirouetted, and it almost felt like he took too long to get the shot away. But he did create a really good chance, and he, I swear that, like every single shot he he takes, just he seemingly sort of does a bit too much, or I don't know. Sometimes I just want him to lash it, but he tried to hit it with the outside of his left foot. I think trying to, he thought the keeper was going to go one way, and very similar to Burton Diaz at the at the end of the game where he went through the keeper stuck out a leg and managed to clear. And that, you know, Jeff, you had a good view of that must be a golden opportunity. Yeah, we were, well, Tiggs and I were politely asking Chris Dieter, please get your shot away. Don't mess mm. about. Uh, he took too long. And I think it's a player short of goal scoring confidence. When you're in that position, you want to make sure, and by making sure, you know, you give the defence and the goalkeeper time to set themselves, which is what happened. I mean, it was quite fortuitous how it came to him, but he, he yeah. got it onto his left foot, could have hit it with his right, didn't, poked it with his left, and the keeper was ready for it. And, you know, if he's if he's more confident, if he's more natural as a goal scorer, he hits that with his right foot, keeper's not ready, and that's a goal, but he didn't. I just want him to scuff one in because I just yeah. it feels so reminiscent of, of Dom Solanke last season when he had that when he had a spell where he couldn't score and everyone was questioning, you know, is he a goal scorer and stuff like that. And it just like he tried to do too much all the time. And I, I just felt like with Christian, you just want one to hit him and go in. Because he's he's got so much quality, and that's probably the only question mark we have at the moment, isn't it? Um, like we keep saying, we need some more goals from other areas. And he's he's the type of player. I think, well, he he's, he could get double figures in the championship, definitely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we haven't seen it yet. So I don't know where I'm getting that from. But I'd like to think you all know what I mean. Is He, he looks like that sort of player that, that can yeah. add goals to his game. So I, I'm still confident that will come. But, yeah, he's done brilliantly. And then just that final bit at the end. But we need him to help us out uh, with some goals soon, definitely. You can't have a wide forward, because he is a wide forward, because we play mm. three at that front. You can't have a wide forward that hasn't scored in no. uh, you know 17 odd games. And because even Anthony, I don't think, you know, the wide forward should be chipping in. If, if Solanke's a, you know, 22, 23 goal a season, the wide forwards need to be doing 12 or 13 each. And, you know, mm-hmm. Anthony might just get there. 
but that they, they we need more goals from those positions and and you can certainly see as well if this team went up everyone's everyone's ability to score drops back down because you can't take two touches or you can't set yourself you can't do all these things in the premier league we would we would really we would really struggle because we don't we don't have natural goal scorers it, sure. We're coming. I was going to say we're, we're becoming really predictable in that respect, yeah. aren't we? And where our goals are going to come from. So if you're playing against us and you're looking at the, at the lineup and you're thinking, well, there's Dom Solanke and there's Phil Billing. Now all we got to do is stop them to linking up, stop them to getting the ball because quite often that's where our goals come from. They're not coming from out wide. Maybe an overlapping fullback like Zamora, but you know they're, they're few and far between. Yeah. No, I was going to mm-hmm. say that I'm pretty sure that promotion season. We had five that hit double figures. Yeah. So I think Richie and Pugh did, and then obviously Kermit and Pittman and, and Wilson. And I mean, mm-hmm. Richie and Pugh could always get you a goal, couldn't they? So, yeah. yeah, that's that's definitely something we need to add to because, like you say, it's only really billing other than Solanke. And I felt like Lowe was that sort of player, but like we mentioned earlier, he seems just a bit more impact subish at the moment. So, mm. yeah, that's a worry. And um, definitely The other thing that's that interesting is none of the back four that started on Saturday have scored. And I know you don't rely on them for goals, but mm. none of them have scored a goal. Um, and Smith, who played against Fulham, also hasn't scored a goal. So you look at any other Bournemouth side over the years, even some of the crap ones, you'd have a centre-half that would have scored two or three headers by now, like Steve Cook used to do, Tommy Elphick. Full-backs, you know, Charlie Daniels and, uh, you know, they, they some, even Simon Francis, they chip in with goals. But we're not, we're, there's just no goals in the, in the side. That's the... Yeah. which. When you take out three players, I don't know what percentage of our goals Solanke, Billing and Anthony have scored, but yeah. it must be a lot. Mm. And the next player would probably be Zamora, wouldn't it? Zamora, yeah. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, three or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It feels to me like we're also struggling to score perfect goals all the flipping time. Mm. The chance that Solanke had in the second half where... He's got the opportunity to hit it with his right and he takes it back on his left. You know, it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, have a go. And now we're, we seem to be afraid of just having a go. And don't we remember that goal we scored against Birmingham when Christie shoots and that bobbles off the keeper? That happens when you shoot, you know, yeah. and you can score. And I just think that whether it's the way they're being coached or the, the mentality of the players where they're lacking confidence in scoring goals, that we're just not having a go enough. Mm. Uh, Tom, you were mentioning the combinations on the pitch earlier. And, you know, when we've got those combinations working, we work well as a team. But, you know, you can maybe forgive the left side because Robbie Brady, I think, didn't particularly perform overly well. Um, but then Jack Stacey, you know, he's he's been... A, I don't know what's happened to him, but he's he's been f- fairly poor of late. And I, I honestly don't know why. And I think, you know, with him not performing as well, I mean, you could argue that maybe with Jamal Lowe in front of him, maybe there's not that, that partnership and he doesn't trust himself to go forward, perhaps. I don't know. But he, he's a player whose form is, has dipped somewhat. Yeah, big time. I think, like like you say, Robbie Brady, I think you've got to give him uh, somewhat of a pass. He's, he's not a natural left-back. He's done that role before, but he's not a natural left-back and he hasn't had a club for God knows how long. So, you know, he's just getting back up to speed. But yeah, Jack Stacey, since the Swansea game, funnily enough, our last win where I remember thinking he could have been man of the match. I thought he was sensational against Swansea. And I don't know what's happened since. I've, I just think he's been so average. It's unbelievable. I, mm. I always felt we've probably got two best right-backs in the league competing. And um, obviously, Smithy's injuries have, have been... Uh, been a problem, but but Stacey's been awful in my opinion. I think defensively he hasn't looked great. I mean, we talk about the Lerma red 
in the game before and um, the home home game before, and that was his bad pass that started that off. And I don't know if it's an instruction or not, but he doesn't seem to be bombing on really as much with with as much intensity of late. I don't know if that's a confidence thing or an instruction from Parker, but yeah, he's he's a player that I thought. You know, he's kind of the first player that I thought he's kind of knocked Smithy out. But mm. if Smith was back now, I don't think it would even be a question, to be honest. Mm. Um, I think Smith's leaps and bounds ahead of him, the way he's playing at the moment. But hopefully that is just a dip in form like it is for the whole team. But he's he's worried me lately because I've just thought he has just looked really below par. There's something not right mm. there. I think all aspects of his game have gone down a lot. Um, Derby game, I remember, was his fault for two of the goals, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. You know, this is on our run. He's been He's had some really, really bad games and... Yeah, I hope he can switch on soon because it sounds like Smithy's going to be back out for a little bit. Hmm. So just before half time, then we we had that chance. With, you know, Tom, whilst you were speaking, then I mean, when you saw Dom Solanke go through, or have you even seen this? Because you're probably out in the concourse at this point in time, were you? I've seen <laughs> it, but I I, don't the highlights. I went out. Thought you know we'll probably score now, but it didn't happen. So that didn't even work this weekend. Right, Tom, yeah, you... I've seen it back. I've seen it back. All right, you've played football with me many a time, right? So when I cut in from the left hand side and I'm in this position, yeah. what do I do? You'd do a little drag over there, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. You know what? Like, I just feel is that he telegraphed that so clearly. It was yeah. so obvious that that's where he was going to put it. If you look at his body shape on this, he's only ever going to put it in one position. So the keeper just had to stick. I mean, to be fair, his placement of it wasn't particularly great. So the keeper didn't, it wasn't even an outstretched leg. It, it, it sort of hit the main part of his body. But sometimes I, I would just like to see him do something else because I was overhearing someone in the toilets just saying, you know, Dom Solanke one-on-one is not particularly great. And sometimes I just wish he'd open himself up and then feign and then tap it in with his left foot to an open goal. But I don't know, he, he just, sometimes he's, he's really frustrating in those positions. But then, you know, like other times that goal at Birmingham, where he, yeah. you know, fought off his marker and he was right next to him and managed to scoop in a shot at a really tight angle. Sometimes he's incredible. Just, you know, feel like his consistency, Neil, is, is just not quite there. But, I mean, I'm sure we'd all be saying completely different if that Christie chance went in and then a chance later on went in. We'd have probably all forgotten about it, eh? Yeah. But I think he's not, you know, it, 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 we, he's, he's been excellent this season, one of our mm. top three players. But he is not a natural goal scorer because we've all seen enough natural goal scorers in our career. What we've got is a team that plays very much to him to him and his strengths and he's got goals from it. But, you know, Callum Wilson, Brett Pittman was probably the best one-on-one player we've ever had. You know, those sort of players go through and you you you, you start getting ready to stand up. When Dominic Solanke goes clean through, I'm still more surprised when he scores than when he doesn't. But he's probably better at hooking stuff in and, yeah. you know, getting on the end of a lower cross and it, it, different goals for different people. And I think that's why he struggled in the Premier League, because he does need to take a touch and set himself. And that's, you know, that's that's the bit. Then when you get closed down, when you're playing against top class defenders. And I think that's why he's struggling. And I, and I still think he would struggle if we went back up. I don't think he's a 20 goal a season striker in the, in the Premier League. But yeah, so... Not is that a position? Just, I was just going to ask, player. ask, ask everyone really. Sorry, no. Um, is that a position where we said strength in January? If you had to say one position, would you say a striker to get closer to Dom or to at least compete with him? Yeah. Because, like we said, we've got so many options everywhere, but I still feel like we need a bit more. Is it a striker again? Kind of what we were saying last season. If he gets injured, yeah, yeah, scary. Yeah, and I think I think I was all that was the only 
position I thought that we needed strengthening until we had this chat today. <laughs> now I've realised that we haven't got enough goal scorers across the pitch. So thanks for that, Neil. Um, the other thing about Dom is quite often, I, whenever I watch him, you know, he's through on goal. He doesn't look up. He, he makes that decision he's going to hit it and where he's going to hit it. And mm. I think if you probably watched enough videos of Dom Solanke, you'd probably realise as a goalkeeper which way he's generally going to go. But you, what, he hardly ever looks up. He never, you know, like Callum Wilson would have that little look up little just before he hit it. Give that... Shall I change my mind? Dom's, you know, he knows exactly where he's going to go. Um, and I think it's been, you know, working so far. But after a while, maybe not. What happens? What happens if Dom does get injured? Shane Long's available, I think. <laughs> he hasn't played much football yet. So, no, I, I guess all we would do is, is try Jamal Lowe through the middle. I can't see any other option. No Christian else, Sane, he ain't going to start, is he? Mm-hmm. So, no. uh, I think we'd have to change formation, wouldn't we? I mean, I, I don't see how that system would work. Maybe we'd have to go a four four two, although I don't know who the other two the two would be. It'd just be Jamal Lowe and Anthony. Yeah. I don't know. The only time Anthony, I suppose, if you pictured an injury crisis where we didn't have Solanke or Lowe, no. then Anthony would play as centre forward, yeah. Yeah. Well all I remember was Norwich where we rested Solanke, um, obviously, and we tried Marcondes in a false nine, didn't we? So um I think Morgan Rogers has done a striker role before in the past. Um, on loan with teams, but um, I'm not sure if he's, <laughs> Neil, I'm sure he's quite ready for that yet. Um, <laughs> nice to see him have his brilliant cameo again at the weekend. I've never mm. seen a player. I don't want to give stick to him because he's not getting enough minutes. It must be frustrating for him. Yeah. It's very hard to come on like he is so late and go go and change the game. But I can't remember in his Bournemouth career giving it to a Bournemouth player. He just gets pulled away every time he gets it. I've never seen anything mm. like it. I think there's too much pressure on that lad, to be honest. Yeah. He came with such a hoopla of this, you know, this guy was great in, uh, was he League One or League Two last League season? League One, Lincoln League, Lincoln. Okay, so, you know, he came with this reputation and, that, you know, the kind of goals he was scoring there, he was doing it all on his own, wasn't he? Um, you, you can't, you can't do that now. No, no someone, one can. Someone, someone tell me why we had three defenders on the bench. No, Sadie. You know, if, if, if we are struggling, if we go one or two goals down, there is nobody else you can throw on other mm-hmm. than Rodgers. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's just because the only other option was probably Sadie that was fit. Do you know what I mean? The real first team, I guess that's all it is. It was just numbers. But yeah, like you say, it's. I remember looking at the bench. It was very. Well, probably hoping we. I mean, if we had had a had a lead, it would have looked all right. But yeah, <laughs> no real, no real attacking intent on that sub bench at all. Which is, if uh, we, if we had had a lead, Tom, we would have put all three defenders on, wouldn't he? Exactly. Yeah, we'd have had a back yeah. six, which would have been. <laughs> but but if if we are if we are going to play this one up top. Um, Around Solanke and it's not working as it wasn't, you know. And we need to we need to be imaginative and maybe, you know, go four four two, and mm. and put two players up top. It, there's no there was nobody who could really do that. I didn't think on on Saturday. Even if Parker would ever dream of, of doing that, he'd probably, I don't know, drink poison rather than do that. <laughs> well, no, you're right because if if. Uh... If the four three three doesn't work, we go to three four three, but it still yeah. leaves Solanke on his. It still leaves Solanke on. on his own. And, and we were talking about this on Saturday. It's the it's the gambling of two players in the middle that we never do. We mm. just shove an extra one into midfield and take one out of the defence. But it, we don't. What we don't do is ever think. Let's put two centre forwards on, and that may well be because we don't have another one. Mm. Also, what did Blackburn do? They brought on another. Flipping big lump at 1-0 up to lob the ball in the box, didn't they? Took off their small striker and put another big guy up top. And, 
you could tell it's just about getting crosses into the box and winning winning those balls. That's what they did. That's well, what that's they what did. I was about to say we, you know, we should give some, and I know there's some Blackburn fans that are on chat, and we probably should give them a fair amount of credit because I thought oh, they yeah, were, yeah, you know, yeah, very yeah. very good side and very well drilled. I mean, yeah. look, it, you know, one nil they pushed forward. We had Steve Cook to thank for one of the blocks where he was just marauding up the pitch and Steve mm. Cook at some point he thought, right, he's just taken a bit of too much of a heavy touch and he stuck out a leg and, you know, Cookie, you know, I, I think he had a fairly decent performance again. Tom, he, he went off sort of midway through the second half. Uh, it's it's blamed on a calf injury, not so sure because he seemed to be walking absolutely fine. Maybe he's just looking to give Lloyd Kelly some minutes, I presume, ahead of bringing him back for the next game at Middlesbrough, perhaps. But once again, I thought, you know, Cookie was, well, had a solid game. Yeah, done his, done his job. Done his job pretty well. I think it was uh, a definite sub to say, Kelly's back. I want to bring him in at Middlesbrough. This is a little a nicer, e- uh, easier way to ease him in. So people won't be as surprised when I drop Cook against, against Borough, um, I think. Because uh, it didn't make any any real sense. I know you can. I mean, a lot of people have looked into. Oh, maybe Kelly will bring the ball out, but I think that's a load of rubbish. I think that yeah. um, Steve Cook at one point of the game drove the ball on all the way up the pitch. I thought, you know, marauded forward. That's. I just think that's that's a very lazy argument. I think he just saw a didn't have many options on the bench and saw a way of, of easing Kelly back in and showing who his who his main man is. To be honest, um, but yeah, great block from Cookie first half and right behind that was superb. I hope that's I hope that's not his last game, but I'm kind of feel like it might be. I, I think Eddie will be giving him a call very soon. Uh, looking at Newcastle at the back, it'll be a good little stopgap for Newcastle, I think, to be part of the, the squad that tries to keep him up, which he's done before in the Premier League, and Eddie knows him. But yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was fine, and I, I yeah, I don't think he was injured. I just think it was a yeah, like I say, a bit of a statement sub, which is disappointing. But we we've known for a long time Steve Cook's not in Scott Parker's plans. It's been needs must and. To his credit, he's come in and not let us down, which I knew he'd come yeah. in and just put a shift in and be brilliant. And that's what he has done. So He's yeah, still put the be... best centre-half performance in this season. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone, it annoys me when people go on and on about how we, you know, we've got to get Kale and Kelly back. No, Neither of those have played as well as Steve Cook did at Fulham. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, thought, I thought he did really well. And hopefully that's not his performance, but I, I, I sort of uh, tend to agree with you. Um, Look and what what happened for their second goal? Because they got a corner. Tiggs, Jeff. Yeah, I mean Jeff, you'll have seen it pretty clearly. It seems to be zonal marking, and and that's what happened at Stoke. What what the hell? Zonal marking. Yeah. Well, Cahill don't get Garby, off the ground. Sorry, I think it's uh, Christian Marcondes who who are the players nearest to to uh, Von Eck, and um, they're not as big <laughs> as he was. And Cahill was the man who was flat on his feet. He should have been jumping for that and wasn't. And carbon copy of how to beat us is get set pieces, loads of big players in the box. We cannot defend crosses. We can't stop crosses coming in. I mean, I know it's a corner on that occasion, but the first goal was cross that wasn't stopped. And we don't mark particularly well because we're not that big in the air. If you've just got one player who's good in the air, Cahill, and they've got three or four uh, percentages, that's how you're going to beat us, right? It was fairly obvious what they were going to do as well. You could you could just see it the way they were lining it up with the, with them on the eighteen yard box, and we could see these runners coming in. And we were as as you exactly said there, uh, Jeff. We were so flat footed for the the on rushing uh, players. We just weren't ready for it at all. And that zonal idea just didn't work. I think we would have done better if we'd gone man to man with them. 
um, yeah. to be quite right. honest. Uh, even right. just just because of the bodies that it would have created in a line there, yeah. it would have given us a much better chance, and it would have probably given Travers a better a better line of it as well. Um, mm. But hey, it's easier to follow a man than a ball. Yeah, That's I, don't, I know we're not. We never played at any sort of level, obviously, apart from Sam. But um, the uh, <laughs> we, we don't. It's e much easier to to mark a man than a than an aerial space and a ball because you know you can you can foul a man, can't you? you can hold a man, you can do all of those sort of things. But we we don't do any of that because we are marking a piece of grass. <laughs> yeah, I never understood it. I might be old fashioned. So turn them down. I'm I'm really wanting a reaction. I'm really wanting something, but absolutely nothing, Jeff. Absolutely nothing. No, it was poor, wasn't it? And here's here's another thing about that uh, that team, unrecognisable from the team spirit that got us the three points from a losing position against Sheffield United. Mm. Didn't feel like a unit at all. Lack of leadership. I mean, we're going back to last season again when we had that iffy run. There, there wasn't there wasn't anyone you know taking the game by the scruff and saying right guys come on let's pull it together and let's let's do something about it and that leadership's partly on the pitch partly off the pitch from the coaches didn't really get a sense of that they're, they're just like okay it was frustrating but you want the team to leave it all out there and there was no sense of anybody rolling up their sleeves and giving it a go for us the fans. I thought, the best player, I thought the best player doing that was Mark Ondes. I thought Mark Ondes was yeah. trying to make something happen. Um, you know, like, a, like like you said, Jeff, you just want to you want to see a bit of that. And I thought Mark Ondes tried. You know, it didn't always succeed, but he, he tried to make something happen, didn't he? Which um, I definitely appreciated. But yeah, it was it was so odd. It was so flat. I think Blackburn deserve a lot of credit again because they're so probably the most well drilled side I've seen uh, this season, to be honest. Um, yeah. And they just they didn't give us a sniff, did they? And they were just go. They were just letting Dom go get the ball. Go, go on, then you get off the ball. You're not doing anything in it, so we're we're fine. Um, but yeah, the reluctance to get anyone near Dom Solanke just absolutely baffled me, to be honest. It, it, and it didn't change your game. And I think every single league game this position this season, we've only ever played with Solanke up front on his own, and we've yeah. never got anyone near him. Um, you know, we'll try to get someone kind of partner with him or whatever. And yeah, it was it was odd. And then, like we said, the, the sub of Steve Cook, and then. Just putting Brady out on the right and just trying to do, it just it just didn't didn't seem right and it it never never in that game did I think we were going to score to be honest. No. It was just like Parker just kind of moved players around, but he didn't actually yeah. change the shape at any point really. Yeah. Not enough to kind of make any difference on the game. And it's it's a definition of madness, isn't it? We're doing the same thing for the whole game, expecting something different to happen. Well, apart from if Blackburn are going to make a mistake, that was the only way we were going to be back in that game at all. If you're a proper football coach, is there something that stops you saying, right, I'm going to take the centre-half, Cahill, stick him up top, and we'll try and put them under a bit of pressure, put some balls in the box. 20 minutes to go, you're 2-0 down. Sean O'Driscoll would have done it. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you try that? Yeah. Sean O'Driscoll wouldn't have had anyone tall enough to do it. But yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. The thing That's that, true. i tell you what always amazes me about football, and I was thinking about it a lot on Saturday night, is... I can't see us beating Middlesbrough and QPR in my head now. I just, I can't see it. Whereas if you'd asked me five weeks ago, I would never have seen us lose. And I was thinking, mm. if, I mean, there's Blackburn fans on here tonight. After they lost 7-0 to Fulham, they would have gone home. They wouldn't have seen themselves winning the next four games, including winning 2-0 at Bournemouth. They, they would have been thinking, where's our next win coming from? Now, they're probably thinking, that's just that we're, we're on our way now to the top two. And that that's the problem. We, we've got to reverse that feeling that, if we've got it, the players will have it. They'll be thinking, 
QPR away, that's going to be tough. Charlie Austin, and they'll be slinging the ball in the box. Uh, he always scores against us. You know, Middlesbrough now, like Blackburn, they're well organised, they're well drilled. So it's it's weird. All these, you know, used to can never see us losing. Now can't see us winning for a bit. They haven't yeah. even Blackburn haven't even conceded a goal since the seven, have they? I don't wow. think they've conceded. No, Maybe one or yeah, they not. Yeah. Nice. Better finishing, Tom. We should have we should have scored two of those three chances. Yeah. They were they were really good chances. But in they terms of their shot. shots, though, in terms of their shots, to bring up the stats, I mean, we had more shots than them. I think we had sixteen to their eleven. But it but it didn't feel like that. How do we have like sixteen that? shots? I, I know it did not feel like that. I mean, you can see one of our shots is actually the own goal. You can see that little bit of orange. Um, <laughs> like on the left hand side there so I think you can maybe reduce it by one because that I mean that's not a shot is it but there they are and you know look how far I mean that's Lewis Cook's one the one that's far out we had a couple um, from from quite a way out by the way that goes back to what Neil said earlier didn't it I mean we haven't we haven't got the personnel we haven't got players who can shoot from that distance and expect to score a goal because you look at their record you know as as players and they're not young 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 men they're not you know it's not Gavin Kilkenny we're talking about on that pitch you know these these guys have played a lot of league games between them as Neil said and they're not scoring goals so I mean the Lewis Cook one you know it was literally just you know hello here you go goalkeeper let me just kick it to you and did 2-0 flatter us because they could have made it three they could have made it four I mean you know the sponsors have got to name a man of the match and they went for Gary Cahill but I can't see past Travers Neil because no, I mean I agree. He, he kept us in it I agree I mean his his save was a superb um because the the was it Brayton Diaz yeah um, yeah when he was through the yeah the famous Chilean Lancastrian he uh <laughs> he, he went um yeah, it, it, he's a handful, isn't he? So you, you can see, you know, they'll be hoping they can hold on to him, I bet, because that's the problem, isn't it? It's that people go sniffing around him. But he, um, I mean, he, he put a shift on. I didn't realise he could move so quick, but I guess he was up against Kale. But he he, <laughs> he, he he properly went through, and that was a superb save with, uh, with Travis's legs. Very, very good. He was definitely man of the match. I think if I was given the man of the match, I would have. I was so angry. I would have just given it to Steve Cook just to put two fingers up to that substitution. Yes, I agree. Um, That's what we said. Yeah. yeah, I wanted that to happen. Yeah. Um, that or even a Mark Hodden or something. You know, just just to kind of say, you know, this is how pissed off we are. Um, but I'd have liked Cookie to have gone there. I thought he went off, but um, yeah, it was kind of a default man of the match. It should have been Travis. I thought he probably kept the score down. Like I say, you showed them stats, Sam, and it makes you feel like two 0 was quite good for them. But we watched the game, and the eye test does a lot more than stats, doesn't it? I mean. 2-0 was flattered us more than it did them, definitely. 68, 69% possession or something as well. Possession for possession's sake, it seemingly we didn't really do much with it. They were they were better with it. And sometimes I, I sort of wish, Jeff, that we could do that. Football is a different game to how it used to be. Um, I mean, still play with the ball, 11 against 11, right? But yeah. not jumpers for goalposts, thank God. But yeah. what's different now is a team that counterattacks has a better chance of scoring goals than a team that's got 69% possession and just passes it slowly along the back all the time or across the midfield. Uh, it's meaningless. What Blackburn did so well, I thought, was when they sniffed a chance, they got the ball forward quickly. Uh, Berrett and Diaz made some really good runs, pulled us pulled us all over the place. They created opportunities because they were playing against a disorganised defence. Mm. When did we get that chance against them? Didn't happen in the game, really. I can't remember a chance where we actually broke them. Maybe once or twice we we kind of counter-attacked. But unless you're doing that, if you've got no creative player in midfield with all that possession, which Manchester City have and do do that a lot, 
you know, you're not going to create chances. And that is the difference. We are not quite, <laughs> we're nowhere near Manchester City. We're not quite good enough, even in this division, to dominate a ball, dominate a game with that much possession and create enough good chances to win games against a team like that. Hmm. Yeah, very much so. All right, well, let's take a breather and get the opinion of Morgan Scott, who submitted his video after the game. Um, I think in the first 20 minutes, I thought we were pretty okay at times. I thought, um, it, I, I was wondering when we were going to pounce on the opportunity of scoring. Um, it didn't come. Uh, it was unfortunate. But um, the, the, their defenders early on looked really shaky around the back. Um don't know what they were doing. We were pressing very high. And then they grew into the game, obviously. Um, I think the first goal, that was from my angle and from what I've, other people have said, it definitely offside by far. And then... Um, the second goal was, unfortunately, I think we just lacked a little bit of um, legs in the final few minutes. Um, and that was enough to see them over the line. Um, they st started to stop the game. They were very good at what they were doing. Um, uh, um, I'm, I'm normally um, try to be po um, positive, but the referee had a, um, a terrible game as well. Um, I know referees, obviously, uh, it's their job. They're trying their best, but it's by far worth the worst efficient relating I've seen in a very long time. I thought he um was very, very bad. But um it's all smiles, it's Monday, it's a new week, new beginnings, and hopefully three points against Middlesbrough on Saturday. Up the chairs. Up the chairs. Up the chairs. Cheers Morgan. And look, the referee we haven't really mentioned so far. Wow. And there were boos at full time. I don't know whether they were for the players or for the officials. A lot of fans on the forum seem to think it was more geared towards the officials. What did you make of his performance? Because it seemed to be not not the best. He was <coughs> awful. Yeah. I think it's yeah. to our credit that none of us have mentioned that actually. You know, it is actually, yeah. A lot yeah. of fans would have been going on about it, but it didn't it didn't, it didn't affect the they still would have won. They were still a better team. You know, let's not get away from that. But they are, oh, they were awful. The linesman and the referee. East End linesman in particular. Yeah, awful. But I don't, mm -hmm. I never have a go at the, you know, the players go down all the time and they got cramp and all that. I always think I'd want my players to do it. That's what happens. Yeah. But that's the referee's job to not let that happen. Go over there, book it. Travers at Fulham got booked after an hour for time wasting yeah. and he didn't do it yeah. again. Yeah. And I don't understand why they just let him get away with it. I'm not surprised Blackburn kept going down and, Doing all that stuff, we'd want the same. But yeah, I thought the official. I don't even know who was the ref. It's bloody useless. Yeah, he's been on the championship refereeing though. It's not great. And <laughs> you watched the the Norwich Man United game yesterday. There's a, a Norwich defender in exactly the same position as that Blackburn defender who holds Solanke down the first half. Ref gives a penalty because it's Ronaldo and he falls down. Mm. We get nothing, and that's what you get in championship refereeing. There's no VAR. They don't take risks. They're not going to. They're not going to give you a penalty unless you get shot going into the penalty area. And really, do we expect any different? Do we expect any better from that level of officials? I don't think you can moan about it. I don't think you, can, you have the right to moan about the refereeing in this division. It's going to be bad. I think he was um, he was a Premier League referee. Didn't he get demoted? Simon, Simon Hooper, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say the referees are the Robbie Sargent or Simon Hooper, depending which way our graphics work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if uh, if Robbie had been ref, we'd have been five nil up. Uh, but look, look. I mean, I think I I read David Whitehead on on the forum. He said, "Look, flip it around, right? Fulham have drawn four in a row, right? West Brom are still three points behind us with an inferior goal difference by some margin. 
after we've taken six points from seven games. And bear in mind also that we've had some very influential players, which is it's weird to say that because they're players that we didn't want to rely on at the start of the season, like Jordan Zamora, that now we're relying on, how, how times have changed. And, you know, they've been missing in all those seven games. So maybe we're being a bit doom and gloom, Tom, because on another day we could have been 2-0 up at half-time because at the end of the day, their goal that they did score, had it not been for Ben Pearson being there, it might not have gone in. Are we are we a bit glass half-empty this Monday night? I think... Um... I think yeah, you can look at it whatever way you want. I mean, we we've been disappointing uh, for a long for you know since Swansea game, so we're going to be disappointing in our views. But I, yeah, that's championship, it's the championship. You know, I I think I come out after the Reading game and I was going, I don't think we'll ever lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Neil was saying, it changes so quickly, doesn't it? And I don't know why I'm surprised because it's the championship and you know results. Some of the results that that go on the championship is absolute madness, and that will continue right to the end. And whoever's the most consistent will be the team that goes up and. We just got a. We just got to fight. If we react quickly, um, you know, if we can react at, at Middlesbrough, I'm, I'm with Neil. Like I say, at the moment, I think, how oh, are we going to win at Middlesbrough? But yeah, we put a few results out of the bag, and we're still in a blooming good position. So yeah, the well, we're top of the team. league if we beat Middlesbrough. We're top of the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. for, for an hour it's or a, so. But it, it's all about. It's the same with all football fans. It's all about the direction you're travelling in. So had we started the season with all those players missing that we had and all the youth team playing and we got one win out of seven, which is what we're on now, mm. and then gone on the run to be in second place, two points behind Fulham, we'd all be absolutely ecstatic. The problem is we're at the, on the back end of a trajectory that's going like that and we're all wondering, is he going to plateau and go back up or is it like it did for Jason Tindall? It just carried on. We kept saying every week, we've got too good a squad to keep losing and we just kept losing. Then we went into that January where they couldn't even allow him to play his transfer window players because it got that bad. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem we've got is that at the moment, we just do not know which where we're going to go next. Mm. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. Look, if you're watching this and you've really enjoyed what we've had to say, then please give it a thumbs up on YouTube. Also, one thing you could do is uh, also, whether you're watching on Facebook or you may be watching on Twitter, it'd be really handy if you could also quote tweet our live video stream on Twitter and write a little nice comment using as many descriptive words as you can and the AFCB hashtag so that this video gets in front of many eyes as possible. But definitely the thumbs up on YouTube really, really helps. Um, Anyone got any closing thoughts or comments tom is your is your main man back for middlesbrough or not is this another no, one that he's gonna miss yeah i mean uh, i saw that Sheffield united and qpr was postponed tonight i'm sure that was his fault as well um <laughs> yeah. he's yeah he's not back missed another one uh, yeah the formula nice... one yesterday that was his fault i noticed after chris temple put that tweet about the baking loads of people were just yeah blaming jeff on everything that's going wrong within the, in the world which is you know fair enough no, i think we, we could uh yeah it's not gonna be jeff but we're gonna have i reckon we'll have a few back i think Stanislas is getting closer. I think he might be in the squad, hopefully. Samora, maybe as well. I know a few people have said they've seen him about and he's he's back in training and stuff like that. So, yeah, never know. Might have a, might have a couple back and, yeah, who knows? We can we can maybe change a few bits and, and Lloyd Kelly looks like he's back as well. So, yeah, there's a, there's, they're, they're, they're coming back. When you've got them injuries, they've got to come back at some point. So, But it's a, it's a difficult game. Middlesbrough away, very difficult game. So, it's one of them that you want to go there and think I'll take a point, but because of the, our predicament at the moment and the run we've been on, we need to go there and, and try and get the free. But um, we're, we're more than capable on our day, so hopefully it's our day. Like I said, it's championship. We never know what's going to happen, mate. Um, 
I hope we get something. I guess quite a long trip, isn't it? Mm, very much so. Very much so. Tom, cheers for tonight, mate. Cheers, mate. Jeff, any closing remarks or are you done? I think we need the Fab Four at the back, back together. Kelly, Cahill, Zimura and Stacey. Because didn't they keep a number of clean sheets away together at the start of the season? So let's have a clean sheet at Borough and see what happens at the other end. Maybe we'll we'll get a three-point turnaround that we won't expect. Uh, maybe we'll just get a nil-nil draw. Uh, I mean, I feel sorry for all the fans who've got to do that 11-hour trip up there or whatever it is um, for a nil-nil. But actually, that would be a decent result in current run of four. Yeah, very true. Cheers, Jeff. Uh, Tiggs, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you, buddy. I, I think I'll take, I'd always take a performance over points. Uh, you know, on this kind of trying to get back into it, trying to get back onto a good form. But I don't think this team's going to work like that. I think, you know, we, we're going to have to try and get some points before we start getting good performances. I think we have to get a little bit lucky to get the ball rolling again. But as we know from the start of the season, when we were playing, you know, the kids, once we can get our mojo back, we can we can get rolling, I think, I hope. Got to talk about Christmas efforts here. I didn't. I didn't have a shirt on, so I just just put the hat on last minute. Tiggs, solid effort. Jeff, nice to see you. I've got a Christmas jumper after Saturday. Tom, as ever, quality. Neil, can I just? Talk, is that a Toby Carvery Christmas <laughs> jumper? Neil is Neil's it? his own sponsor for this show. Toby Carvery, home of the roast. Um, wow! This, this program was brought to you in conjunction with Toby Carvery. <laughs> <laughs> Is roast beef. It is. I used, I used to, to work for their parent company and they would dish them out like confetti and I've never been one to turn down a freebie. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask, Neil, before we go, it's a really important question. If you were in the line for a Toby Carvery, what are you going for, mate? I always have one of each. Nice. A man of variety. I like that. What? One roast potato? <laughs> <laughs> No, I always have a bit. I always have a bit of each each oh, bit. But I did. Go. I did see a tweet the other day that um, Marks and Spencer's favourite Christmas complaint they've had so far was from a woman in Swansea who complained that her three bird roast didn't have any beef. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, love it! Well, next time I'm at Toby Carvery, I'll have I'll have some Brussels sprouts, I'll have some parsnips, have some potatoes, and I'm going to ask for a jumper as well. See if they've got yeah. one. If that's not if that's not there, I'm going to be very disappointed. Um, Neil, thanks very much for tonight, mate. Thank you. This is Tommy Alfick and you're listening to Back of the Net. There we go then. Long old trip to Middlesbrough next weekend. Cannot wait for that. I'm actually going up on the Friday, staying in Newcastle and then hot-footing it to the Riverside Stadium on the Saturday morning. So thankfully, no 1.15am pickup from Weymouth for me. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? But anyway, if you're travelling... Well done to you, you absolute legends. So that wraps up another podcast. If you want to watch the video that you've just listened to, then you can do so on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. If you're liking what you're hearing, you can donate a coffee to us at afcbpodcast.com slash coffee. All monies are reinvested in the podcast as we improve for 2022, hopefully seeing us into the Premier League. 
Just want to also point you towards the video that Tiggs presented at full time, raw reaction video, half an hour long, really good. Really enjoy watching Tiggs present those actually. I think it should become a thing. And uh, yeah, some, some, some really good opinions and uh, people even in the rawness of defeat still found time to praise a very good Blackburn Rover side actually that was pretty good also the match day vlog as well we've made it very Christmassy so you can chart our day from about 11am through to the early hours as we uh, take in the football but also take in the festive scenes of Bournemouth Town Centre too anyway that's all from me thanks for listening have a lovely week until the next one up the cherries you've been listening to Back of the Net the AFC Bournemouth podcast Rockwell's corner from the right. The powerful header is in this time. Travis Kent the